enter the world of mind your own marketing business, explore a variety of trends in the creative landscape, getting insider knowledge from the industry's best. George is proud to present Mind Your Own Marketing Business with host Joe Barsness. Thanks for joining us on Mind Your Own Marketing Business Podcast. I'm Joe from web and mobile development team Fjorge, and today on our show we'll be talking with Jeff Walter from Ray and Kaiser. Welcome to the show, Jeff. Thanks for having me, Joe. All right. Well, jumping right in, Jeff, um, I want to hear a little bit about your organization. Where are you guys located? What are you focused on? Um, what have been some big things that you've been doing lately? Yeah. So uh, Ray and Kaiser is a independent, full-service marketing communications agency uh, located about 40, 35, 40 miles west of Chicago, so in the suburbs. And uh, we've been around for about 40 years and uh, have a team of about 45 uh, individuals at the agency. And we primarily focus our efforts in the B2B space. So we have a lot of clientele that work uh, in some pretty specialized uh, niche areas, uh, as an agency, we, we primarily focus on the agriculture, uh, pet care, uh, heavy equipment, um, rural lifestyle, and a little bit in uh, healthcare as well. Got it. I always like to hear too about where you have been throughout your career, and uh, you know, as we've talked about and, and seen on your LinkedIn profile, uh, you've been with uh, Rain Kaiser for quite a while, so I'd love to just hear about your growth in, in that world and in the same business over, I think, 20 plus years. Yeah, uh, I'm, I guess what you would call a lifer. <clears throat> uh, I joined Rain Kaiser pretty shortly out of college and uh, just over 20 years ago and came in as a really wet behind the ears account coordinator, uh, had never worked at an agency before. Um, but you know, I had a piece of paper that said I knew everything. So I, I thought I knew everything I needed to know, uh, moving forward and, and learned quickly. That was not the case. Uh, but, um, yeah, I mean, over the 20 years I've been at Rain Kaiser, uh, I've been very fortunate to be able to work, uh, alongside some people and for some people that have taken the time to really kind of show me the ropes and, and teach me uh, a lot of the things that, that I've, I've come to now be able to teach some of the, the next generation that's just coming in. So, Got it. um, yeah. Got it. And so what is your position now and kind of what are your day-to-day -day things that you're, some of the day-to-day -day things that you're dealing with? Sure. So my role is president and chief integration officer uh, at the agency. So my, my goal is primarily uh, focused on making sure that we have the right talent and resources and processes and tools in place to um, serve all of our clients and, and ensure that we're bringing a good strategic approach to all of their, their marketing needs. Um, consistently across across uh, all areas. So, and again, we are full service. So that's one of one of the areas that we've really been focused on here in the last few years as an agency. Is, you know, a lot of agencies talk about how how they're modeled or how they're how they're built based on the services that they provide, um, but that kind of tends to lead to some siloed approaches to to managing the business. And <clears throat> about two years ago, we made the decision that we wanted to shift how the agency was structured, and so we've really moved towards a paid, owned, earned media model. Um, and so what, what that allows us to do is be more focused on the outcome that we're trying to achieve in the marketplace on behalf of our clients. And, and it enables us to, to really make sure that we're thinking about how we're delivering um, our messaging, our content to the market, and looking at it through the lens of that customer and, and how they experience it. Got it. Got it. That sounds like it's really transforming from probably where it has been 20 years ago. Yeah, I mean, it, it was, in my opinion, it was a very, you know, inside baseball kind of approach to way, the way we were thinking before. Um, we really looked at 
we're looking through the wrong lens of the telescope. So, yeah, you know, we were focused on thinking about it, how, how we're built and how we make money and how we organize our people as opposed to looking at what we were trying to accomplish. Got it. And way back 20 years ago, when you when you joined Rain Kaiser, like, did you know what you were getting into? Did you did you have a plan of attack to join an agency? Was that your first thing that you wanted to do or did you kind of fall into it? No, that's a great question. So I, it actually was what I went to school for. Um, so I, I'm a farm kid. I grew up actually just west of Chicago, about 60 miles. Uh, my dad and my brother still run a corn and soybean operation out there. It actually also raised a little bit of, of wheat and uh, rye as well because they started a craft distillery on the farm a few years ago, <laughs> which I might have stayed on the farm had I known that was in the plan. But, uh, <laughs> but no, so when I, when I graduated from high school, I knew I wanted to, to stay somehow connected to the agricultural sector. But um, I, I wasn't sure that I wanted to go into production and into actual farming. And so I studied um, ag communications with a focus in advertising at the University of Illinois. Um, and so when I graduated, when I found Rain Kaiser, it was kind of a perfect world scenario for me because it was an ad agency that had a good portion, about half the, the portfolio was grounded in the agricultural sector, which I was very passionate about, but also had a lot of knowledge uh, around the industry, having been involved in production ag as, as a farm kid working on the farm for the first 20 years of my life. Yeah, that having such a great background is, I'm sure, very relatable to some of your clients and, and what they're trying to accomplish. Absolutely. Um, tell me about, well, let me ask it this way. So what is something that like you're really proud of or something you, really, you think is really cool that you've done over your career? Well, that's a great question. Um, there's quite a few things. I, I guess one of the things that, that I always think was pretty cool, um, again, as a farm kid, um, I had the opportunity, I, I was approached and had the opportunity to um, go out and lead a training session uh, with John Deere with their marketing group. Um, and it was around brand storytelling. And uh, it was it was pretty, I mean, it's, it's such a storied brand in and of itself, right? I mean, right. it's John Deere. I mean, it's, it's one of the most <laughs> iconic brands, certainly within agriculture, but I mean, it's also a household name. Everybody knows John Deere. Um, and so it was, it was a really neat opportunity, and I felt like it was kind of a, a you know, reaching the, the pinnacle uh, of, of the mountain to be able to work, work with a brand like that and come in and, and kind of to have them think that I might have something that they could learn uh, was, was, was really cool. That is cool. I mean, everybody has – that's one of the iconic brands in the country um, and probably the world. So that's, that's pretty cool that you had that opportunity and got to share some insights from that side. Um, as I understand, you uh, are kind of in that B2B space. Um, you know, one of the examples we talked about is agriculture. Like, what is like a, some things that you guys are learning recently that makes uh, successful marketers in that space? Yeah, so um, with a lot of the categories, ag included, but also within, you know, some of the construction and equipment space, you know, we, we work with some companies that, that try and um, take mark, take products to market in, in that residential construction space. And, you know, it's, it's very niche marketing. It's, it's a very, very small um, sector of the population that we're trying to reach, and they're, they're really spread out. <clears throat> and I think that, you know, there's a lot of similarities, certainly, between B2B and B2C. But um, one of the things that I think sets B2B apart is, is the targeting side of, of what we have to do. And there's actually been some really cool changes that have happened in the last two to three years. Um, some emerging platforms and technologies that are really starting to shift 
um, and, and enable us to do a better job of, of reaching people in a lot, a lot more um, touch points, so effectively and efficiently. So it used to be, you know, when I think about B2B space over the last 20 years, going back even just five years ago, um, we were pretty traditional in, in how we had to go out and find and engage with our customers um, or our clients' customers. The, the, the challenge was, you know, there's only so many endemic websites and, and, web, and, and publications and trade shows and things that you can really go out and, and buy or place your, yourself alongside in order to, to find these niche markets, these niche categories. Sure. Um, and so, so it led to a lot of competition. You know, we were all competing for a very limited uh, amount of, of advertising. And then even when you were successful in, in negotiating and obtaining it, you, you tended to be around your competition, your competitive set. What we've seen in the last two to three years is the advent of um, being able to move some of the dollars, not all certainly, but some of the dollars away from that endemic marketing approach and move it into programmatic. So instead of having to buy space where I knew that niche audience would be, I can actually just directly buy the niche audience. So I, I can work with you know companies like Cortex, Lean Media, Adaptive, and and tell them what very narrow niche group I'm looking for, and they actually now have the data to be able to deliver that audience to me. Yeah, one of the things that we've talked about um, over our conversations over the last year is like how niche those things are. Can you like give an example of how niche a marketing like marketing needs to get to the agriculture industry? I thought it was pretty amazing when you talked about it. Yeah, and, and I mean, I'm sure there's some listeners here, you know, that scratch their head saying programmatic's nothing new. And it, it's not. I mean, it's been around for, you know, I don't know, five, six years, five years. But what's interesting to your point is, you know, we started having conversations with some of these companies back in 2016 when they were first kind of emerging onto the scene. And we quickly learned that they were focused on scaling up, you know, the ability to target 18 to 35-year-old, you know, active men or, or, you know, moms between the age of, you know, 30 and, and 45. So, you know, they, they were focused on those big buckets that, that the B2C uh, budgets and, and advertisers were really looking for initially. So when we had the conversation around some of our niche spaces, they initially said, yeah, we can do that. And then once we got into it, they quickly realized they weren't necessarily able to do that. And to your point, let's say, you know, I'm launching a fungicide into the wheat market. And, and so I need to try and target wheat farmers. Well, less than 2% of the population in this country is involved in production agriculture. Of that 2%, less than 20% grows any wheat. So now I'm looking at, you know, best case scenario, four tenths of 1% of the population is my, my universe that I'm going to go out and try and target. So, you know, I, obviously right. to avoid tremendous amounts of waste, I have to be really careful in, in what channels and what mediums we, we go out and try and use, which is why we typically had been so focused on endemic and, and even, you know, very traditional things like direct mail and, you know, e-blast and, and things like that. But now we have the ability with these groups starting in about 2017, they came back to the table and said, we've, we've been working on this and we think we have some ways that we can target. And it's been a learning experience with, with some of these groups on, you know, who has what data and what capabilities, but they've gotten to the point now where we can very effectively um, target and deliver and drive traffic and, and all the other metrics that we want to measure um, utilizing these platforms. Got it. Yeah. No, that's really cool. And that's amazing that you're targeting, you know, 4.4% of the population and, you know, only those are, that's your buying audience. Um, I'm sure there's many people out there with, um, 
those sorts of examples, but uh, it, it makes it, you know, very important to get to the right people that can even purchase that. Otherwise it's all just waste, right? Like there's, I can't do anything with fun, fungicide, right? It doesn't do me right. any good. Um, right. And, and so, part of what, go ahead. Um, no, 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 continue on. So I was gonna say part of what's interesting with that is also, you know, with, with programmatic, it, it's opened up the world in terms of how and when we can serve, serve our, our ads or our content, whatever it is, because, you know, before we, we were very focused on, you know, let's say we wanted to target um, owners of residential construction companies. Um, so, you know, we could, we could try and find them, but it was always on websites that were specific to that industry or within a publication specific to that industry. Programmatic opens up the world. I can, you know, once I know who the audience is, I, I can now show up at a whole bunch of different places as they're moving around on the internet. And so, you know, they're people too. They go to ESPN.com to check scores and they, they read the Wall Street Journal online. So, I mean, it's, it really gives us the opportunity to be in a lot more places and to separate ourselves from, from the competition a little bit more. Yeah, yeah, great. So what are, like, what are you looking at? So this programmatic thing is a few years old and everybody's, you know, heard of it and kind of understands it. It's getting better and better. Like, what are, what are you guys looking at as the next frontier of targeting in, in B2B? Is there anything coming up that you see or you've dabbled in that maybe other folks don't know about or haven't investigated? Yeah. So, again, back, back to the niche market aspect, one of the things that we're starting to, to see an opportunity with because of the changing technology is actually podcasting. Um, so this mm. is like, yeah, right? Near and dear to your heart. Uh, <laughs> So we're, we're just starting to see some opportunities there because prior prior to some of the changes recently, you know, really you, you, you chose to either sponsor a podcast and there was baked in advertising as a result. And typically they were national, you know, they're always, they're available nationally. Um, and so sure. unless, unless you were looking to find a broader audience, it typically wasn't necessarily something that you could justify the spend on because there's just a tremendous amount of waste. Sure. But, what, but what we're seeing now is, is the advent of being able to um, use dynamic insertion with, with the ads. So we can work with um, the DSPs and, and buy a specific audience that we're you know, identifying, and then the dynamic ad gets inserted just to that audience. So when that group downloads their podcast or they're streaming it, um, they know who that individual is, and if they fall into the parameters of that narrow audience we're trying to find, the ad actually gets placed in. And so that's allowing us to, to start to explore, you know, a very, a very rapidly growing space, certainly podcasting. We're, we're seeing a lot of, you know, numbers increasing there in the last year and a half or two. Um, and so it's, it's really kind of a cool new space. The, the challenge with it, the caution is, um, it's not necessarily the easiest thing to measure. Um, and so what we're doing is we're taking a pretty balanced approach to it. We're starting to play, we're starting to learn. Um, and we're making sure that we're including some vanity URLs and specific promo codes so that we can start to get some measurement around whether or not we're, we're starting to drive, you know, get some traction through those programs. Got it. That's pretty crazy. Let me, let me ask you a question just to clarify, because this isn't really my world. Um, so you're saying that if, if the podcasting system may know that, that the person is a wheat farmer that's listening, even though they're listening to a, let's say, a heavy metal podcast about heavy metal music, they still might be able to figure out that that person is a wheat farmer 
and serve them a wheat farmer type ad. Is that what you're getting at? Absolutely, yes. Got it. So I thought it was maybe more along the lines of like, well, if it's a wheat farming podcast, I can put some ads in there. But you're, it's digging even a, a different level. It doesn't have to be topical to the podcast. That's how you used to purchase ads. And now you can purchase it knowing the profile of the listener. Correct. 100% correct. Mm. Yes. No wonder I get so, so many golf and, and uh, hockey ads in my podcasts. <laughs> they now, must know something about me. Now you know. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's really cool and interesting and, and something that um, I'm sure maybe, you know, somebody who's in your world knows maybe a little bit about, but that sounds like it's definitely the, the bleeding edge of some some opportunity, right? Mm-hmm. Um, if, if they can figure it out. So one other thing I wanted to talk to you about is um, you guys have this um, uh, this URL that's called Marketing to Farmers. So that's something that's put on by Ray and Kaiser, um, and it's kind of a blog. Um, can you talk at all uh, a little bit about that strategy? Um, I'm just curious about it. I, I know I've seen it, I've read it, and I think it's a really cool idea. Um, so just tell me about what you guys have done, how long you've been doing it, and and, and what pr- purpose it serves. Yeah, so essentially it, it, it's our in, in one of our inbound marketing tools, um, and that one's specifically sure. for our agricultural sector. And the idea behind it is, you know, agriculture is one of those things, as I mentioned, less than 2% of the population is involved in production ag. And so there are, are a lot of people who just really fundamentally don't know a lot about farmers. They don't know a lot about the space. And, you know, as marketers, we tend to move around um, between industries. And so, you know, we've met a lot of really smart people who've, who've made the jump into the ag marketing uh, sector, either on the company side or, or what have you, but they really don't know a lot about ag. And so, it's incredibly nuanced um, and, and there's a lot of detail uh, knowledge around these guys. And, and those of us who've worked in the industry a long time or, or grew up around it um, have a lot of knowledge that we can kind of impart and share uh, for those that are newer to it, especially, but also just, you know, in general, as things are always evolving and changing in the space. So um, uh, there were a couple of us at the agency who said, well, what if we started this blog? and started to share some of the knowledge that we've built up over decades of working with clients and, and, and in this space, and we could start to, you know, use that as an opportunity to start some conversations. So that was kind of the idea behind it, and we've, we've been running the blog now for about, I think, four years, um, and have quite a few posts up, and uh, we have a newsletter that we send out uh, every couple of weeks uh, with most, most recent posts and just other kind of tidbits and uh, encourage anybody who's interested to, to sign up. And even if you don't work within the agricultural sector, there's, we cover off on a lot of you know, trends from a marketing perspective, but then look at it through the lens of agriculture. So it's very relevant to a lot of B2B space as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, one more question that I thought I'd ask, since I'm more on the technical side and you know a lot about farmers and, and marketing, what are the like technological things that, that, that um, uh, farmers are doing these days to improve whatever it might be. And, and this doesn't necessarily have to be marketing, but like I like a rumor I've heard is that they're going to have drones that go around and spray like um, spray weeds. They're going to identify weeds and spray them. So it's like targeted like weed killing versus just spraying the whole field. Like what are some of the other things that our listeners would just be really surprised that farmers are doing these days since I, I feel like you have a good sense on both sides. Yeah, and we actually have uh, several clients that we work with in the ag tech sector, which is a fascinating 
uh, sector sure. of the, the business to, to be around. Um, it is. It's changing incredibly fast. Um, the, the level of technology that's being regularly incorporated into production farming is, is um, astounding. Yeah, I mean, we, they definitely, so they're, they're at a point now where within the next few years, we will start to see um, autonomous vehicles being used uh, as autonomous vehicles in the field. I mean, we already have the technology where, you know, auto steer and, and GPS and, and those types of things allow, mm -hmm. allow these, you know, equipment to drive themselves with an operator sitting inside. But we'll be, we'll be utilizing true, true driverless tractors in, in the near future. But to your point, we're using, there's a lot of AI technology um, that, that is being incorporated into spraying systems so that they can identify weeds uh, in real time as they go across the field and just spray the individual weeds um, so that they can uh, reduce the you know, environmental impact as, as well as the cost associated with those treatments. Mm -hmm. um, and and you know, just in general, there's mountains and mountains and mountains of data being collected. And as you know, data unlocks everything, right? And so as these sure. mountains of data have been collected over the last you know, five to 10 years, um, the, the current wave of software and apps that are being developed to help farmers be able to make better decisions faster um, is really helping them kind of get better visibility of what's happening in real time in their fields and be able to take corrective courses, corrective courses measures faster. Got it. Yeah, no, that's just amazing. The things that, I mean, technology, it's just interesting to hear a little bit about the technology in every industry. And I know you guys, I knew you had some clients in that world. You also experienced it from your own farm. And then you're talking about how you're marketing those things to farmers and and explaining the ROI of those sorts of things. So you have a really interesting perspective on that. So uh, that's really cool. Um, well, Jeff, uh, that's uh, it for today on Mind Your Own Marketing Business. Um, I wanna make sure that our guests all know that they can find Jeff on Twitter at jwalter76. Again, that, that marketingtofarmers.com URL and then over at Ray and Kaiser at rkconnect.com. We'll also share some of his LinkedIn profile um, and email uh, when we post this. Um, and thanks to our listeners for joining us. You can download episodes of our program by going to fjordsdigital.com slash mindyourownmarketingbusiness or subscribing to the show on iTunes, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio. Thanks again for joining us, Jeff. Thanks for having me. It was a pleasure.